Welcome to Famous with Kate and Liz. We are back with a new series. New series alert. New series alert. Alert the authorities. Alert. Alert. (laughs) This is where we need the soundboard. That would really come in handy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, We're doing famous founders for the series. Yeah. Founders, like it can mean so many things. I, I, you know, when I started researching, it was like anything from like Bill Gates to like, like Alexander the Great, you know? Yeah, George Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. There, we can go in so many different directions, and of course, for our duet episode, um, which we covered together. We chose to do Madam C.J. Walker, and I feel like everybody's at least seen a commercial for the show that was kind of about her, which was called what? (laughs) What was that called? Self-Made, right? On Netflix. Um, Yes. Yes, it is. It's called Self-Made on Netflix. And I started it. I did not finish it. So spoiler alert, I did start it. But but I remember seeing, you know, commercials about this or like, you know, I'd see it pop up. So I knew who Madam C.J. Walker was. So you can go ahead and Google her image right now to see and like Mm -hmm. it might ring some bells. Yeah, Um, stamps now, I believe, or, or has been featured on stamps also in the past. And like, um. I got introduced to Madam C.J. Walker because in either elementary school or like early middle school, I had to do a report. I think it was probably for like Black History Month and we had to pick someone to report on. I read a report about Madam C.J. Walker um, and, you know, she was and we'll get into it. The first black female self-made millionaire, which is pretty incredible, especially for the period, like late 1800s, early 1900s. So she impacted your life because I feel like, like you remember all those reports. Like I had to do a report about um, Abigail Adams in like third grade. And I like fully remember like being like, whoa, like my first time kind of like researching on my own, mm-hmm. you know, looking through like history books yeah, and like, being like, oh, there is more than just the little bl- paragraph about her in my history book. Yeah, yeah. Like, we got to pick the person, so I remember, like, picking her, and then, um, for sure, I I didn't remember all the details, so it was good to, like, go back and, like, re-research it, (laughs) but she's had a a lasting impression in my life, for sure, so, um, so, yeah, and she is a founder. Um, She was a businesswoman. We'll get into it, Uh, so that's why we chose her for our first Famous Founders episode. I know. This is... This is interesting because we do we do dive deep, you know, not too deep. If you want to, like, look further into this, we fully encourage. We oh, fully yeah. encourage you, your own searching. Um, yeah, there is a lot of information out there, but I felt like there wasn't even I don't know. I didn't we didn't go too deep. But like you said, but like even there's some things that just uh, we don't have the details on either. Like I kept like kind of looking for a little bit more information on some of her marriages and like, yes, all would, I would ever say was like. It was troubled or something like that. I'm yes. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I know. I know. Well, if you watch the show, it kind of means like 
That's what I was wondering. Yeah. If, if you got any more information from the show, so you can feel free to like jump in and add on anything, any other. Yeah. They like, yeah. It almost seemed like she would get too kind of in control of things like money and everything. And then that became an issue oh. in her marriage. Right. That's kind of what they mm-hmm. insinuated in the show, but you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, so I think we should just get into it. And I do want to just say, if you have any recommendations of any founders, like founder of a famous team, like sports team, you know, oh my so God. many different founders. The founder that just came to my mind for some reason. <laughs> Who? It was Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Oh my God! You're like light bulb goes off, Colonel <laughs> Motherfucking Sanders. <laughs> like a founder of a restaurant, and then like the first thing that came to my mind was like Colonel Sanders. Yes, you're like the guy from Wendy's. They're like the same guy. <laughs> I'm gonna report on Dave from Wendy. <laughs> Dave and Wendy from Wendy's. <laughs> I am dead. Well, you know, that's where my mind is at. Okay, I better get into this before <laughs> I just completely go on a, a fast food train. <laughs> yes, so so give us recommendations um, on Instagram. We are at Famous Kate and Liz, Kate with C, or you can email us at, nope, it doesn't start with an at, Famous Kate and Liz, Kate with C, at gmail.com. We do have an email account. Does it get checked? You're going to have to email us to find out. I do. <laughs> we reply. Not be daily, but I do have a pre- uh, uh, an eye on it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I feel like I get a notification here or there from it. Amber, so. Amber v, our uh, number one listener, Amber V, always sends a, an email here and there. So we appreciate that. Oh. And, you know, uh, use whatever way to get in touch with us. It's your fancy, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's um, talk about the one and only Madam C.J. Walker. So um, she was the first black woman millionaire in America and made her fortune thanks to her homemade line of hair care products for black women. I just love that this is like a beauty product like that. You know, this is something that women... I think for so many years has been controlled by men, right? Like telling women that they need this type of stuff and whatnot and making money off of it. So then having a woman actually like take control of that market is great. And actually giving something to black women by a black woman who knows what they need. Um, so just, that's another thing that I always like loved when I picked this out for my report was like, it was beauty products, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she was like, you know, she was a little bit older, too, when she kind of came into money from running this business. But so I think she had lived so much life before, you know, becoming rich. It wasn't like she just got rich and was like, went crazy. Like she's she kind of. I don't know, had more wisdom about yeah. like how she was doing running things. So. And we'll it get was amazing. very like humble beginning. Yeah. You know, yeah. so um, so let's start things with a inspirational quote from Madam C.J. Walker. She said, I am a woman who came from the cotton fields of the South. From there, I was uh, promoted to the wash tub. 
From there, I was promoted to the cook kitchen. And from there, I was promoted myself into the business of manufacturing hair goods and preparations. I have built my own factory on my own ground. So truly self-made, like truly. Yeah, yeah. She's like, let me tell you in a couple sentences how I came from literally washing clothes and being in cotton fields in the South. Well, this time period and one generation before she would have been enslaved. So she's actually born. Her actual birth name is Sarah Breedlove. And she was born on December 26, 1869, or I'm sorry, 1867 on a plantation in Delta, Louisiana. Um, She was one of six children of Owen and Minerva Anderson Breedlove, who were former slaves turned sharecroppers um, after the Civil War. So we're not that far removed from like the Civil War and slavery. And, you know, so even all of that is pretty much stacked against you. I think, you know, Black people at this time are just trying to still get established. Mm -hmm. Um, So she had a very tragic upbringing. She was orphaned at age seven. Um, and then she moved to Vicksburg, Mississippi at the age of 10, where she lived with her sister, Luvenia, and her brother-in-law, Jesse Powell. Um, and there she started working as a child, as a domestic servant, which a lot of people... Yeah, the age of 10. My daughter is almost 10. Yeah. Like, this was would she be a domestic servant? Um, no. And this is no, right she after, like, the Civil War, too, you know? So, like... Her parents are no longer no longer slaves, but they're sharecroppers. Like she's not a yeah. slave, the domestic <laughs> servant, you know. Like yeah, it's not yeah. that far removed. Right. Um, yeah, they just have to give you like a like an extra quarter or something. I don't know. Like not any other opportunities for you either. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh my god. Anybody who lived through this time, I'm just like, oh, it's how did you do it? That seems to me to be just the most absolutely depressing time period. Absolutely. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, depressing and, as we always say, very sticky. Stinky. Mm, smelly. <laughs> so smelly. <laughs> um, okay, so Sarah Breedlove... Um, recounted that she had only had three months of formal education, which she learned during Sunday school literacy lessons at the church um, that she attended in her like early years. So that makes like all her success even more credible, right? Um, Three months of education. Yeah, Uh, that's wild. Okay. Yeah, insane. Um, And so it wasn't like a great situation um, there in Mississippi with her sister and brother-in-law. Her brother-in-law was abusive to her. And so at the age of 14, she married a man named Moses McWilliams, but he died shortly later in 1887. And she became a single parent to her two-year-old daughter, Layla. Is that how they say it? Or is it Lilia? I think it's Lilia. Lilia, okay. Because then they call her in the in the show, I think they call her Alilia. Yes, so then later known as Alilio. So I don't know why they changed the name. I didn't find anything on that, but... Um, yeah, that's who Tiffany Haddish plays. Okay. 
Oh yeah. Tiffany Haddish is in the show, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's jarring. <laughs> it's like I almost recommend, even though I haven't watched past like definitely I may have finished the second episode, but like I am so distracted by this Tiffany Haddish character. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, Olivia. Tiffany Haddish, played by Tiffany Haddish. Okay. Um, we all now have that visual. So here um, she is. She's only 14 years old with a single, you know, single mother with a daughter. And she's looking for, like, obviously a way out of poverty. So in 1889, she moved to St. Louis, Missouri, where her four brothers were barbers. Um, and she worked there as a laundress and as a cook. Um, and she joined the African Methodist Episcopal Church, where she met, like, um, leading black men and women in the community whose, like, education and successfulness um, inspired her. And so she started, you know, thinking bigger and getting motivated and getting inspired. And in 1894, she married John Davis, um, but... This is where, like I mentioned earlier, it just says the marriage was troubled and the couple later divorced. So Yeah, so in, in the show, actually, I think this is where she started because she was, like, working so hard and she had, like, her head covered with a scarf all day doing work. And then, like, she took her scarf off and she was, like, losing hair. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, we're going to talk about so that. So then, then the husband was, like, you look like a mangy dog. <laughs> That's what he told her in the show. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, like, so it sounds like he, he became physically unattracted to her because she was like working her fingers to her bones every day, washing right. clothes oh. and like losing her hair. She's so stressed out. Yeah. It's like wild. Well, and like, it also sounds like she's just kind of learning more about being like independent at this time too, you know, so she's probably like, you know, now starting to like question things in her marriage. Yes, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, okay. So that marriage ended in divorce, but now you're going to kind of talk about this, your perfect transition. Cause we're getting into this like hair loss situation, which really is like at the center of these beauty products and her fortune. So take it away. Okay. So Struggling financially, facing hair loss, and feeling the strain of years of physical labor, like I was just saying. And I mean, it it really goes through it, like in the show, like, oh, my God, this woman needs a fucking break. <laughs> like, oh, my God, you're like really feeling for her. Mm -hmm. um, her life takes this crazy dramatic turn in 1904. So that year, she not only began using this product called uh, for African-American women um, called the Great Wonderful Hair Grower, and that was owned by this woman named Annie Turbo Malone. <laughs> yeah, and like she is depicted as the most insane bitch boss you've like ever seen in your life. But basically... This My woman calls me turbo because like I'll always like walk faster, like ahead yes. of he's like slow down turbo. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes, I know. I'm a fast walker too. Yeah, you're going somewhere, you know. Um, but so she starts using 
this woman's hair products and it's so works so good for her hair growing it back and like this woman Annie who you know yeah she owns the business she's like oh my god look at what the scent is has done for your hair this is great like I can sell so many more things with your testimonial whatever well she and CJ Walker wants to like sell this woman's product and she's like I can sell this product like if these women hear from another woman who was like in their exact position like just a couple months ago like I want them to hear it from me and I can sell like so much of your product blah 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 and this woman was like no you're not selling my product you look like you just stepped off a plantation blah 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 like she was such a bitch yeah it was like offering to make her money she's like I will sell this for you you'll make money Mm -hmm. and I don't know if this is true or not but in in the show at least she ended up like borrowing quote unquote a few tins of the stuff to get to try to sell and she did sell all the tins and Mm -hmm. so she came back and was like I sold all the tins like I took Uh them and then the woman's like you stole from me, like, oh my god, blah, 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 yeah, yeah, instead of being like, wow, you did, like, yeah, sell those tins in a short amount of time, wow, like, you are good, I will have you help me, so that kind of gave her even more of a drive of, like, I'm gonna figure out how to sell this on my own, like, make my own, you know, concoction of hair grower, and that's what she ends up doing. Um, she moved to Denver, Colorado, where she married this ad man named Charles Joseph Walker. So that's where she gets the name Madam C.J. Walker. Okay. Um, kind of because, like, you know, she's like, I have to use my husband's name in order to, like, get in the door almost mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because, because he was an ad man, like, he was kind of in a good business for what she was trying to do. So he definitely did help her break into the business without him. She would not have been able to get, you know, seen by as many people without his help with the marketing and like, yeah, getting and like all that, you know, which that's great. You know, that you'd have like, a husband that actually, you know, like uh, as a business partner, it sounds like, you know, ideal to begin with, but yeah, unfortunately I don't so, think it did. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. So, um, with a dollar 25, she launched her own line of hair products and straighteners for African-American women. And it was called Madam Walker's wonderful hair grower. Um, so it shows her kind of like mixing in her own kitchen, like, you know, trying so hard up until like the latest hours of the night, like working on this to try to come up with her own. It's kind of like an ointment almost like to put on your scalp. Um, So initially her husband helped with the advertising, like I was saying, and um, you know, I think he helped her get, in and then she started becoming way more successful than him Mm -hmm. and that seemed to be what ruined their marriage because 
four years, you know, yeah. they got divorced after four years. So losing control. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he, he definitely did help her big time get, you know, get off the ground. Um, so now we're in 1908 and Walker opened a beauty school and factory in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and she named it after her daughter. So she's now got a beauty school and a factory. And in 1910, she moved her business headquarters uh, in Indianapolis. And because, oh, so what's like important about Indianapolis is there's more access to railroads for distribution. Uh, and okay. there's a large population of African-American customers. Um, so she left the management of the Pittsburgh branch to her daughter because she's like, I, there's more opportunity for me to grow in Indianapolis. So like you stay back in Pittsburgh because I trust you fully, like you're my daughter and I'll go out to Indianapolis, Indianapolis. (laughs) Why am I saying that so bad? Um, But, you know, there's more like branches too across you know the country yes, exactly yeah branching out yes that's what she's and she's like in Indianapolis like there's more railroads so like I can distribute to more places like she's really super smart as a businesswoman like just right. naturally you know it just shows how just in some people you just have that natural business mind Um, so she was an advocate of black women's economic independence and she opened training programs in the Walker system for her national network of licensed sales agents who, um, earned pretty nice money for the time. Like, you know, she was probably everybody wanted to be working for her because they got, you know, and like she had all these sales agents. It's crazy. People going around selling her hair stuff. She must have been like, this is so fucking wild. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the hell? Um, So this quote unquote walker system involved scalp preparation, lotions and iron combs. And her custom pomade was a huge success. Um, While other products for black hair, which are largely manufactured by no surprise white businesses who have no idea what black hair customers need like you know mm-hmm. um so she was able to differentiate hers by emphasizing its attention to the health of the women who would use it so you know she's like i am a woman i care about black women like right Buy my stuff. I care about you. About me, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she sold her homemade products directly to black women using an, a personal approach that won loyal customers. And in the show, it shows her like kind of out in the street. And then she just starts talking loudly. And these women start gathering because they were literally her not that long ago. So she was able to relate to them and be like, I've been you, like I have been where you are. If you use this hair stuff, like you can move up. Yeah. Like literal word of mouth. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So she went on to employ a fleet of saleswomen 
to sell the products whom she called her beauty culturalists, which is like, so what probably people are called now. Like, I, you know, like, I feel like that's like, yeah, yes. Yeah the PC term, like everything, you know, like should be with the culture in mind, right? Like, yes, yes, beauty culturalist. Oh, what do you do? I'm a beauty culturalist. Love it. Your, your like grandparents would be like, oh, what? <laughs> your parents, I would, I'd be like, oh. Huh? No, grandparents <laughs> would totally know what that is. Yeah, our parents. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes, that's right. Grandparents would, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even I'm like, uh-huh, what? Come again? <laughs> Um, but the, so this is like insane. Ultimately, she ended up employing 40,000 African-American women and men in the U.S., Central America and the Caribbean. Oh, wow. So people in the Caribbean were like using her hair stuff. Yeah. Um, she also founded the National Negro Cosmetics Manufacturers Association in 1917, because, you know, like if your hair is completely different, you're going to need a completely different product. Yeah. And like, let's work together. And like, you know, even though we're competitors in some ways, like we still need to like learn from each other and share like knowledge sources and stuff like that. So we can like help people. Yeah. Leave space for like the other market. I know it's, it's just absolutely nuts. Um, um, okay. And, oh, she became one of the best known African-Americans Um, like of all time and was embraced by the black press. So like she was just like, nobody had anything bad to say about her. Everybody trusted her product, which I feel like if you do have a product, like that's one thing you want is like a good fan base that trusts you and will like shout from the rooftops. Well, I mean, like, I think mostly women, I was gonna say probably men too, but like when you find a product that you like, Oh my God. You have to tell everybody about it. Or like it goes away and you're like, so (gasps) just when it's discontinued, like people are loyal to the stuff that they love. Do you know how many years I used this Mary Kay time-wise facial moisture every day of my life? I used this specific, only because one time my mom bought it and I was like, yeah, I like this. Just buy more. I, like, I don't have a Mary Kay woman. Then come to find out it's discontinued. They don't even make it anymore. So sad. Yeah, I had that happen with like an eyeliner that like I love. Oh. Yeah, I know. So yeah, it's so smart because yeah, people are super, you know, customers are loyal and they're smart. Yes. Yeah, fully. So the success of her business enabled her to live in homes that were a far cry from the one that she had grown up with. in. Like- um, her Manhattan townhouse became a salon for members of the Harlem Renaissance when her daughter inherited it in the 1920s. Oh, nice. So like her house is like famous, mm-hmm. this house in Manhattan. And um, it kind of kept her like, you know, all the stuff that she was working for and supporting going, you know, through this like progressive yeah. movement and, you know. Yep, yep, totally. Um, her businesses grew rapidly with sales exceeding $500,000 in the final year of her life. So like that's a lot of money. Yeah. For just and and she wasn't even like I want to dominate the world and oh, you know, she was like I want everyone who wants this to be able to have access to it. And that's good. Like you know, and work she, hard 
paid off. Like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So her total worth topped a hundred, uh, $1 million and included a mansion in Irvington, New York, dubbed Villa Luaro. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, and properties in Harlem, Chicago, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis, which of course now it's like $1 million. That's like nothing, but like early 1900s, that oh, was yeah. like, you were like a billionaire if you were a and- billionaire. For a black woman, like it's unheard of. Yes, 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 <laughs> exactly. Heard of. Um, okay, yeah, but she wasn't just like making all this money and keeping it to herself, like we were. No, saying. no. She was very philanthropic. Um, so as her wealth increased, so did her, you know, philanthropic oh, outreach. I love a philanthropic queen. Oh yes. What are you gonna do with all that money? Like literally there's sometimes you have so much money that like you couldn't even spend it. Like you just, that's why I don't respect Jeff Bezos because (laughs) you, and like his ex-wife, oh my God, she's like already donated like all the money. Clearly that was a huge difference in their relationship. But this Madam CJ Walker had $500,000, like her sales exceed that in the final year of her life. So she's going to die. So what is she going to do with that? Like, you know, like she has so much money. So like, she contributed to like the YMCA. She covered tuition for six um, African-American students at the Tuskegee Institute. And she became like really active in the anti-lynching movement. Um, And she donated $5,000 to the NAACP's efforts. NAACP, yeah, (laughs) efforts. $5,000, like again, doesn't sound like that much, but back then, you know, was like probably a transformational gift for them. and she also, I love this part, like learning this part about it. Um, she established clubs for her employees, like encouraging them to give back to their communities and rewarding them with bonuses when they did. So like she really. Oh my God. What a great incentive to work at a place. Like, like that is how every business should be. And then all your salespeople are happy and you're happy and everybody's happy. Yeah. Well, and we want you to volunteer. We want you to give back to the community, you know, and if you do, then like you'll be rewarded for it. And, you know, so that that's not just about making money. It's about like giving. Oh God. She needs to be reincarnated and become supreme ruler of the world. (laughs) Right. Well, and it's just interesting. Like I went, I mean, like now I know at my job and probably lots of others, there are like, kind of like these like internal clubs and things like that. And so like, Mm -hmm. I do care if that was like started by her, you know, that we do today. Um, and just like employee giving in general, like, you know, she kind of helped launch that. It sounds like, um, yeah, it's smart. Yeah. So, so smart. Um, okay. And then at the, At a time when, like, these jobs for Black women were fairly limited, she was known for promoting female talent and even stipulating in her company's charter that only a woman could serve as president. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Love it. I mean, yeah, she's like, keep this going. Keep Mm. it going. And just before she died of kidney failure, uh, Madam C.J. Walker revised her will bequeathing two-thirds of future net profits to charity, as well as thousands of dollars to various individuals and schools. 
Um, so love that. Yeah, charitable until the end um, of her life, really. Um, and so then her one child, as you mentioned, Alelia, um, played by Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish. Her daughter, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish. Yep, in self-made on Netflix. Catch it now. Um, she hosted the most memorable salons in the Harlem Renaissance, like you said. She was part of the business still. Um and ran things like, you know, within her mother's business um, at this place known as like the Dark Tower, a converted floor of her elegant New York townhouse. She would entertain, you know, Harlem and Greenwich Village writers and artists and musicians and um, would have visiting African and European royalty. Her parties were like just lavish and known for being lavish. Oh my God. Yeah, you like wanted to be invited to these parties. And she just like, she was also kind of like amused and like inspired like poets and painters and sculptors. Um, And the famous poet Langston Hughes from the Harlem Renaissance called her the joy goddess of Harlem's 1920s. So. Oh my God. She must have just been like, I'm fucking living the life right now. And I love that it seems like she wasn't, like, spoiled from the money or anything like that. You know, she could do whatever she right. wanted. She is. really, I think, I think she did a good job. Yeah, like, living in, I was going to say, living in her mother's, like, legacy and shadow and, you know, all of that. Like, like her mom obviously, like, probably raised her to give back and, you know. Exactly. She, you know, is a part of the business and all of that. And it just seems like the community really loved her. And she I'm was- sure she reminded her like every 10 seconds, like, you think this is bad? Please. <laughs> like, you know, like anytime she, she couldn't complain about anything. Right. She's like, let me show a picture of uh, your grandparents. Yeah. She's uh, like, mom, let me just complain I- about this one thing. She's like, no. exactly so that's really nice to hear that like her daughter went on to be you know just so beloved um and so yeah madam cj walker um died as we mentioned of like kidney failure caused by hypertension i believe um in 1919 on my birthday may 25th oh my god Yes, she died at the age of 51. Are um, you the reincarnated Madam <laughs> C.J. Walker? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, no, I'm sure, like, that's Beyonce, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Black woman now, today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she died Um in Irvington on Hudson, that, that home she had in New York. And, um, she, uh, had plans for, you know, as you mentioned, her Indianapolis headquarters, um, they were carried out after her death and completed in 1927. And today she's just remembered as a pioneering black female entrepreneur who inspired many with her financial independence, business acumen, and, philanthropy um you know and she only lived to be 51 and had such a impact on our country and I know yeah that's so young god to think of all the things well even like um Martin Luther King Jr. day today um just have to mention and it's like imagine if he lived longer 
<laughs> like uh, that's what I think of like all these people it's like <gasps> and then don't even get me started on those conspiracies okay moving on moving on but yeah no I mean I definitely I think you know we have so much um that we owe to like some of these people like like MLK like uh Madam CJ uh you know they really paved the way for like progress in this country so Cheers to you, Madam C.J. Walker, self-made millionaire, founder of Amazing Beauty Products. Yeah, not Kylie Jenner, (laughs) self-made. I'm sorry. That was like the most laughable thing of all time. Products, like. (laughs) I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, (laughs) Madam C.J. Walker is like about to kick some ass in her in her grave. I'm dead. Oh, um, I feel like that was informative, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully if you weren't familiar with Madam C.J. Walker, now you are, and you can, like, look for <laughs> Question mark? Did yep. any of that make sense? <laughs> hopefully, uh, yeah. Do, do your own research. She's um, a great person to know about. Um, and, yeah, we'll be back with some more founders. Um of we, what variety? We don't know. <laughs> Hopefully We're not. not. Sure. We, we got to keep you on your toes. Yeah. Somehow. Not the fast food variety. We'll just rule that out. Later. I do a mashup of fast food founders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why is that exactly what I would do? <laughs> I mean, I don't know why it just comes to mind. I must be hungry. It must be like time for me to make dinner. But <laughs> yeah, you need to go eat. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you learned a thing or two. Um, Check back in next week or the week after or whenever our next episode comes out. Yeah. Just, you know, we we like to keep you on your toes. Just check in and um, we might let you know on Instagram. We might not, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? It's it's like, it's like so spontaneous, you know, we got to live more spontaneously. I think that's our vibe for 2024 for this podcast. Spontaneity. (laughs) Yes. That's our word of the year. I love that for us. Well, we'll see you next time, whenever that is. Or will we? Bye. Bye.